0: Math, it's okay, math Dad. is math. One and all, welcome to an epic edition of Nick's Nonfiction. You're here with your host, comic Nick Munez. We've got a book that has sold over 30 million copies, a stoic read from the 80s, all about building yourself, perfect for the ethos of the show. We have got The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Covey, all about being proactive, beginning with the end in mind. Hustling, grinding, linking your inner creator to the doer. The Greeks, we've read some of that dense philosophy. They're all about the two halves of your brain, and they didn't have to cut people open like Da Vinci. You got the master and the slave, and you could whip the monkey into shape as long as you've got control of it. Stephen Covey thinks he's got the secret to discipline. Got a lot to live up today. We know our Eckhart Tolle death is stripping away of all that is not you the secret of life is to die before you die and find that there is no death like mr crab said it better more succinctly what is today but yesterday's tomorrow carpe diem go watch a lion maul a man at the Colosseum. every day has got to be like your last and this is how you're gonna build yourself into the most optimal form within seven new habits he has like the circle of influence all those famous ones you've probably heard of before getting the full dissection integrated into your life we've got people still messaging in about our smoking edition this is same era and it's working we got to try to spread the positive ripple as much as possible i've been doing my own legitimate mountain climbing how much easier of an analogy can i have long's peak this thing has been the bane of me for the past month the snow is melting out here it's in boulder county this thing's fourteen thousand feet high one of the highest peaks in north america it took me three times to summit (laughs) you go and survey the land do your reconnaissance to start you think you're gonna make it the first time don't be scared of failure be scared of quitting there's a Nick quote. You got some eucalyptus. kobe has got a famous quote. You cannot play the animal in you without fully becoming the animal in you. Douchey guys at the gym got the Japanese tat. He who becomes a beast sheds the pain of being a man. You know it. You're getting all the motivation you need today. Tony Robbins. It's not a lack of resources. It's a lack of resourcefulness. Habit 6, all about relationships. Ladies, you're going to love that one. About the author? Psych! We're throwing it over to a word from our spigoties. And we're back. Make sure you're checking out Harry Shit on Instagram. Funny meme every night. Definitely get on that Patreon page. It is heating up, getting creative, listening to classical music. (laughs) Silly crap going down over there. Stephen Covey is a serious fella, born in 1932, passed in 2012, an American educator, author, businessman, keynote speaker. Guy's from Utah. His grandma raised him. She was an apostle, counselor for the first presidency of the Church of Latter-day Saints some mormon action those people have rhetoric how do you convince somebody to move to utah i guess multiple wives i'm sold he was athletic as a youth suffered from a slipped capital femoral epiphysis he had an epiphany he was shagging so hard that he slipped a disc Any climax that he saw through the prism of the future knew he was going to be a keynote speaker Slipped an artery. He, the thing he was like, it made me use my mind. I wasn't relying on my body. I'm out here climbing mountains now because two years ago, I'm at the full point of recovery. Slipped the shoulder. Grade 5 separation. This isn't some pussy shit. Big injuries. Going through some trauma. is going to teach you how to get more in control of the chariot. Maybe you get scientific. Because Kobe does have a Bachelor of Science business administration degree from the university of utah was a fratter he got his mba from harvard business school and a doctor of religious education from brigham young he was licking other guys assholes as a pike and then he went to brigham young where on graduation day you get your chastity belt take it off published this book 1989 30 million copies and then followed up with eight habits (laughs) effectiveness to greatness. He cashed out on the second one. Can't blame him. This is the real deal. Stay tuned to the end for a sneak peek of next week. Just get her done. Habit one, be proactive. Henry David Thoreau said, I know of no more encouraging fact than the unquestionable ability of man to elevate his life by conscious endeavor. Henry David Thoreau, Stephen Covey, Mr. Krabs, your boy. We got one thing in common. Growth makes our crustaceous dicks hard. <laughs> you love seeing people at the gym. He was a twig, and two weeks later, you don't know what sups he's on. Looks like he had a weeaboo for dinner. Rivaling against this, take a self-help day, live your best, and l- no. Life is pain and suffering. you got to remember death is right around the corner if you want to get anything done here. Being proactive is step one if you're looking to grow. Look at a flaccid penis. (laughs) You could triple your size in a couple minutes. He started with a mental health exercise. He's uh, telling you to envision your goals. Now comes the hard part. Write them down. This action is scientifically proven to connect both halves of your brain. It is able to turn short-term memories into the long-term. It's like what they say deep sleep does. We read that book, which is going to be off of YouTube next week. This is your last week to get any of the uh, Library of Congress going up on the Patreon. My bad. Mental health exercise. Writing out your goals. You could feel it flip in your brain. This is something I'm taking serious now. You hear of people who do weight loss, they like write their weight on, I have a whiteboard in my room. That is a life hack. Every day, whatever you've been avoiding, put it in front of your face so you cannot get away from it. You might get sad and anxious, he says, seeing your goals written out. But what? You're supposed to let them fester in your shadow forever and then you jump off a bridge. Don't feel bad. Just know this is what successful people do. You know, just seeing your goals there, it's going to resonate. Social mirrors were his first tip for being proactive. Like, this goes against a lot of the other self-help people. He's saying mirror people that look like they're winning. But it's usually just supposed to be, be 1% better today. By the end of the year, you're three times better. You are that flaccid penis. Humans are hierarchical. Inherently, you are going to start comparing yourself to other people. Inferences are the theft of joy. Your neighbor's got a new boat. (laughs) Well, now you forgot that you have your pool If the subject is able to inflict stimuli in you Your response becomes biased Hmm. It's all the uh, leading by example thing So unless you have a true leader rather than a manager You're not going to want to follow what this schmuck is doing Who just got caught in middle management People around you aren't always the uh, most aspirational Next chapter is more about the workplace. Proactive, the word isn't in most dictionaries. That's what Covey was saying. Hopefully, 2021, Merriam-Webster has got man-spreading in there, but not proactive. He's saying it's the ability to act before receiving the stimuli. You already know where you stand. Having a constitution. What does Les Brown say? That's like the biggest motivational speaker you have got to make a declaration to your constitution your foundation more related to his to related to his previous point the old adage a smart man learns from his own mistakes a wise man learns from others you're going to make those inferences it's impossible to block out everything so you got to adapt improvise adapt overcome then drink your own piss in the wild when you are proactive, you are amassing your independent will. This is really interesting language. He's using the Thomas Hobbes, the sum whole of your will is your endeavor. Even Nietzsche was like, if you discipline your will, you're going to be more free than any man you know. Freedom isn't free. Covey said when he was on a speaking tour, a lady shouted out an agreement and he asked her to elaborate and she froze up. He said she was acting off of impulse and stimuli. I haven't gotten heckled yet since being back on stage. People are more obedient in their masks. (laughs) Most hecklers have no plan in mind. Like this lady, she was shouting in affirmation, but it was just a visceral response to the stimuli. And you got to be able to cut that tie. People with no filter, you need a filter in today's world. Successful people are calculated in every move successful hecklers, they got their moves cut out before they sit down. Think about at a baseball game, the people in the bench seats (laughs) they have their Jodies and their heckles down to the tenth stanza. If you're behind the net for a foul shot, you gotta come prepared with your cutout. He's talking about subconscious manifestations of the crowd. There are ideas beneath the surface. (laughs) The heckler is the voice for everybody that can sniff out your bullshit. We know you're just mailing these jokes in, give us some new shit. Covey saying gratitude is going to be your best check the way to combat these undertides of whatever else is going on. The corporate structure is unloading stress onto the man below you. If you could remove yourself to that through a little bit of gratitude here and there, it's the key to happiness. Covey's ending the chapter saying there's nothing More destructive than saying there are no alternatives. That Robbins quote is a good one. It's not that you don't have resources. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Resourcefulness can take you to the moon. They made it to the moon with a ham radio. Next time you hear your girlfriend saying, He broke my heart. I'm going to put on 20 pounds. I can't control my own feelings. Your feelings, your emotions are going to ride you like the feral beautiful horse that you are go dance in the ocean let your mane out gal <laughs> you gotta control your own feelings another less brown you gotta learn to discipline your emotions because they don't care about what you think that shit's gonna control your entire life become a sociopath <laughs> best trick to end it he draws all these diagrams the circle of influence what did Fokker have the circle of trust Focker, if you keep ogling my wife around the pool you're gonna be out of the circle of trust fucker ben stiller's quite disciplined circle of influence you got to write down all of the things that piss you off and anything that you can control you keep it in the middle of the circle and then you keep drawing smaller circles it's going to start to look like a target and the outer rims of the target are things that are out of your reach you cannot control those things So by doing this exercise, you start to see what is even worth your time and energy to get pissed off about. Is it in your circle of control? No. So pedophiles get to rape kids on islands. We don't have any control. You got to let that shit fly. (laughs) Before you get overwhelmed, have a plan. Be proactive. Let's go to habit two. Begin with the end in mind. Starts with a Freemason ritual. And I had a hippie friend who did this down in Tejas. He went to this retreat and he's coming back glowing. He's the most powerful thing I've ever seen. They had him lay down in a coffin. They had those African pole bears dance him into a hole. And they say, imagine what you want all of these community members to say to you while you're being lowered into your grave. This is old like hazing type of ritual as well. There you go. Covey was doing that fraternity stuff. It's not just about doing the elephant walk and fingering dudes. It's all about becoming a bigger man. You know, it's the military hazing rituals as well. Beginning with the end in mind. These rituals have been passed down for millions of years. That Freemason one, getting buried in your own grave is the perfect uh, way to represent the chapter. Begin with the end in mind. When you're attending your own funeral... You get to see, what did I value? What did I really wish I spent my time doing? Look up the top five regrets of people on their deathbed. It's a really powerful one. Again, with the stoic key to life, you have to have died to be able to live fully. And I'm talking about take some mushrooms, have an ego death. You don't also have to get into a motorcycle accident. And I don't know shit. I'm not trying to put myself in some enlightened class. (laughs) I'm fucking freezing my feet off on Long's Peak. Do not take advice from me. Beginning with the end in mind, I could only speak to history and facts. Alexander the Great, the biggest conqueror what being a man is about, he built the Mausoleum of Halicarnassus before he died. It's one of the seven wonders of the world. Go check out Patreon. We're doing an episode on that. This thing is amazing. We can't build it today with modern technology. Alexander the Great built his tomb before he died. Gotta have the end in mind. Covey had a good quote that a lot of people get caught up in the corporate ladder. And he's going, at the end of the day, you don't know if your ladder was propped up against the wrong wall. Middle management is singing the siren song. The direct quote from Covey. Covey quote, if you can carefully consider what you'd like to be said at your funeral, you have defined your own version of success. Beginning with the end in mind, it's been said throughout all of time, all things are created twice. And it brings up the half zero brain. You got the architect and the builder. Most business ventures fail in first creation. And all things are created twice. These are things that weren't thought all the way through. Can't really use corrupt business as the best example. There's a heavy dose of beginner's luck. I guess that's in anything. True value. ...is what sticks out over time. (laughs) The Walmart brand of fake cheese. True value. (laughs) That'll last through the apocalypse. More of the failure stuff. First creation is never going to be the best one. You know, God created Eve. That dumb broad, we needed Adam. That's the right copy. Even God can't get it right the first... It took him seven days. It's habit two. It's precedented on personal leadership. And second creation is being able to follow your own commands. I did the Reserve Officer Training Corps in college, and they give you some warrior knowledge. This is like shit they stole from ninjas. It's really helpful stuff. I've said, motivationally, in order to get your GED, you have to do a deployment in Fallujah. We've got to start hardening up these Zs it's the truth they tell you that in order to be a leader you have to know how to be a follower a lot of people never get that follower thing down and that's not a death sentence you're not impressionable you could go as long as you're disciplined again main thing of the chapter can make it out of the cave he says we are more in need of a vision or a compass and less in need of a road map Your leader isn't going to tell you every single move, micromanage, what you need to do. They're going to give you the compass instead of the map. We had that really good rant in the myth of Sisyphus. It's the Jack Sparrow compass. Like all of your some whole of your will knows what you want to point towards. Managing is a completely different skill set than leadership. And you need this aspect in yourself as well. Do you have your daily planner? Are you able to calendar? Scheduling is a skill. He mentioned parenting here for the first time. He said, parents are often trapped in the management mentality rather than leading by example. I just brought up mirror neurons before what most of your brain is made up out of. That's how kids learn everything. It's just copying what your parents do. Ah, shit. You got a potty mouth. Leading by example is the best way to be. Not talked about poorly when all of your underlings leave the room. This kind of disproves his previous concept that all things are created twice. Maybe not children. It should be all things of value are created twice. Like those first creation businesses that fail. And yeah, I guess this doesn't imply, I'm insinuating, that some children are invaluable. All things of value are created twice. <laughs> Raising a kid is all about doing. It's not about teaching. You showed him the animal farm book and made the noises. This kid's now grazing during recess and shitting on the kindergarten carpet. He ended the second habit, similar to the first, to begin with the end in mind. Be proactive. He's a good American. He talked about the Constitution. The Founding Fathers had in mind... They studied the logical end to all centralized powers. All it took was 26 amendments to their constitution. And we still got a country. Think about it. Not a lot of countries make it 200 years without a rebellion. We did have a civil war. So that's basically it. A failed one. (laughs) That's why it's not called a rebellion. (laughs) These guys were philosophically based. And things flower out from there as long as you... Have that moral compass. Like Thomas Hobbes said, you got to make sure your structure is sound before you move on to dress up anything. Good quote. Principled people see things differently and are able to act with a higher degree of certainty. I'm just not able to put it in as good of words as a quote like that. Principles are able to help you act with a higher degree of certainty. That's got to be the worst thing in life. Indecision. What did Rush say? If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. That's the wasted time here. Even if you're building towards rock bottom, (laughs) you're finding your depths. And that way, you'll know where your heights could be later. Tony Robbins, 2024. Let's go to Habit 3. Put first things first. I'm going to need that agua. I'm like a month off of coffee. I don't know if you can feel it in your ears more in control of the mood. I'm off my period. Closer to the fart. That's uh the Rush song because Neil Peart let out some really stinky gas. Habit 3. But <laughs> <clears throat> put first things first. The Yang to the first two chapters ask yourself what one thing could you do on a regular basis that could make a tremendously positive difference over time the five minute rule is a really good one if you could accomplish the task on your to-do list within five minutes knock it out right now and even if it takes longer the first five minutes of anything are the hardest part small changes this is really like a guru trick of motivation and self-help it's easy 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 to backslide increases are made in increments tiny little adjustments making gains the shoulder thing it's been the most frustrating it literally just takes time to do things (laughs) so lame patience is the gayest virtue ever (laughs) it's fucking true man that's why, like, he started the first two chapters with discipline, putting those first things first. Um, two years to get back to as strong as when you started. Yeah, shit just takes time. The power of independent will is what you must fortify. So more of that first chapter. Don't you want to be ready for when shit hits the fan? In reality, dwindling down anything that you're reliant on, your addictions, all of that Crap is bringing you further from the fart. You're further away from the truth. (laughs) You're off the scent trail when you start losing the good habits. You're backsliding. It's one of the truest quips in the book. Improvements are made in increments. Gotta fortify that will. All these self-help books, they reinforce how flimsy motivation is. You need... Discipline is the big one. You need power and you need grittiness. We have a book coming up called Grit by Angela Duckworth. Pretty sure that was her name. It doesn't fit because she was Asian, Angela duck Sauceworth. The whole thing is, why you no doctor? She has Asian parents. She's like, grit is what gets people into Harvard. That was her program. So we'll have that one in the future as well. Endurance is a popular theme in all of these, how we started the year. Just along the lines of discipline, we got some young listeners. <laughs> Stay with us, old heads. Maybe we'll learn something new. I look at all the demographics. For the young heads, Minecraft. You're not able to defeat the dragon until you got an inventory full of tools. you got to have your pickaxe to prospect your ideas you got to have an axe to build up your plans. Um, You start by punching trees. That teaches you discipline. Life is Minecraft and there are no girls in the server. (laughs) Not sure how that... Women (laughs) hate self-help. They want you to be fat so you don't break up with them. (laughs) Kids that grew up in the digital age is the point I'm trying to make. You know, you're not able to beat any game without persistence. You're always gonna be the scrub. That's why I have some semblance of hope for the talkers, the generation that's raised by video games. We are autistic to the sense where we're trying to build a new server, a better world. Why do we gotta just keep shoveling shit down generations? Covey said there are four generations of time management. And the first one was like, be aware of how much time you have. The second generation is using calendars and appointment books. Back to that military training. They call it a time hack. Yeah, that's right, Marty McFly. You could start hacking the space-time continuum. It's a really good phrase for the term. You do get into this... Next generation of being able to Control time The third one is called prioritization Clarifying your values So do that death exercise And then the fourth generation Was blocking in Pleasant activities Because when you're in the grinding state There's no such thing as Two weeks paid vacation (laughs) That's not even a thing anymore We've got people in Europe taking months off Blue collar life Holler! Last part of the chapter comes a personal favorite. It's all about the power of no. Yes, man is overplayed. We got enough typewriter-using, mustache wax aficionado in, micro bro and hipsters. We need more no men—people that know their lane. <laughs> Shut the hell up! He's going the best way you can contribute to your community. Your Young Parent Trap Super Apartment Complex. The <laughs> Best way to contribute is not by being the smelliest hippie. is by honing your craft. Having that one thing you can contribute to everybody. Putting first things first. Knowing what you're working towards. Know how to use your Rick and Morty time portal that he just gave us. We're drifting through generations. And have some goddamn accountability. <laughs> That's what's gonna get you further in any of these magic tricks. It's gonna have it for Paradigms of Interdependence. He says effective interdependence can only be built on a foundation of true independence. He said the land ahead lies with broken relationships and serves to strengthen land ahead. You're gonna have some bosses that already know how far you are going to make it up in their little hierarchy. Their foolish fiefdom. How does <laughs> that shit not piss everybody off? That was the whole thing about habit too. begin with the end in mind. These people already know your end. It's not very empowering, Stephen. He's scaring you out of relationships. You're going to have an abusive boyfriend. He's saying don't look at these as... Speed bumps. It set back my progression. Look at these things as what built your character. The only way to do something is by traveling the road ahead. There is no way around. You got to go through it to get to it. One retreat, Stephen had a participant say his wife had an overbearing nature. It was driving him mad. The guy looked miserable. Covey only had one response. He told him, you cannot talk your way out of problems that you have behaved yourself into it's perfect for the paradigms of interdependence quote if your wife is uh yelling at you for leaving the toilet seat up you behaved your way into this problem so you can't talk your way out of it so the reversal of that rule is know that with people's speech they are trying to control your behavior (laughs) this like legendary old feud is all about interdependence and the strongest marriages exist of two functioning humans who know how to do laundry, clean their own bathrooms. For real, you watch a goddamn sitcom. The best shows are the crossover episodes. They kill the Nielsen ratings because you got two established shows that come together. Relationships. Talk about gay dudes. Those marriages are like... um. (laughs) <laughs> they live in the penthouse of the millennial apartment. Two people looking to build together. You know, you look for people that are trying to fuel your fire. It gets more metaphysical. The human interaction, which resonates longest in a natural flow, is a natural flow out of both characters. So just find somebody that tolerates your level of grime or just likes to eat out five days a week. You know, just find your fucking match. Stop trying to change people. This is why communication processes are the most important factor in any relationship. It's a repeated a million times in any self help book. You're trying to build the best business. Communication is key. Make sure there isn't that <laughs> mirage of middle management. You ever seen Annihilation? <laughs> it was a short story by um, Lovecraft, I'm pretty sure. The Color of Space. Asteroid hits, there in the middle of the woods. And there's this shimmer. You go through it and reality starts to get distorted. You're not able to communicate with your squad mates out there on this alien expedition. Middle management is the shimmer. They make it so that you cannot communicate with the deities with the board members. The underlings aren't allowed to know how much revenue is being tossed around. Communication is the best for these small little startups he's talking about. Fucking throws it back over to the relationships. He says major deposits for the emotional bank account start with understanding. That's a pretty good metaphor. Better than that (laughs) psychedelic horror movie. Emotional bank account. We have it in the bio for the show, too. You can't withdraw if you're spent. So the last chapter is all about renewal, being able to rejuvenate. And he ended on another list of six for communication. You got to keep to your commitments. Why should your spouse trust you if you lie to yourself? You're going to kamikaze your credibility for clarifying expectations. You can't call your wife a prude if you're not being detailed about what your needs are in the bedroom (laughs) the worst sexual experiences always start with what are you into well what are you into that's when you both start lying to each other it's when you're both not saying a goddamn word and then the clothes fly off like an explosion hit the wall and you both know what you're trying to get done in this session (laughs) interdependent sex is even gonna have you in an outer body experience you (laughs) remember when Doctor Strange gets bodied into the astral realm when she's clawing your back skin off and you're pulling the roots out of her hair it's an interdependent orgasm (laughs) number 5 showing personal integrity number 6 for communicating apologizing seriously after a withdrawal I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings (laughs) it's the most gangster apology ever You have to make the apology about you. I feel bad that I did this to you, whatever. 48 Laws of Power, never apologize. Habit 5, we're going to take it to think, win, win. So now that you have a network, you have your foundation laid, you can use your planning brain on other people. This is when he gets into his manipulative Laws of power. Stephen consulted a company where the CEO was concerned with a lack of cooperation. So after reviewing it, Covey was saying, I believe all of your employees are emotionally withdrawn because their bank accounts are hitting an overdraft. And the manager is going, no, I just have selfish workers. Stephen tells him there's a difference between selfishness and a lack of cooperation. If you're getting hit with a shit deal you're inherently not going to cooperate it's the thing before your inferences you're not gonna when you low-key know you're getting fucked over you withdraw from things selfishness isn't the opposite of cooperation it's a alternative mode of operation he talked down on the managers for a little bit these are the people who want their cake and to eat it too said you got to set up some sort of a, a vacation reward program and I had this when I was in my most white collar job They wrote all of our earnings on the wall, and, like, they're just pitting you against each other. Why the fuck would I cooperate? I want to sabotage my coworkers now so I can win an extra vacation. They are pitting you against people. Oh, but why aren't my people cooperative? It's because you're the selfish fuck. (laughs) Look in the mirror. You need the ego death, boss. I feel the tie. It's tightening around my neck. I'm having PTSD flashbacks. Instagram is a liar. Middle management's a liar. I've bagged on the workplace enough. This whole win-win chapter was going, there are six paradigms of human interaction. He <laughs> was really rude here, but true. He's going, the stupider person you interact with, the less diverse outcomes there are. It's a simple equation. If you're put in the same variables, you're going to get a dull-ass outcome. Um, Not very polite. What's a win-win? The name of the chapter. You have to have a mindset where I can win and so can you. It's the whole zero-sum mentality. This is 80s logic. We're beyond this by this point. In a free market, as long as you are able to produce things that people value, there's money. That is how value is created in a real market. Not when the Fed prints $10 trillion for banks. In a real trading mechanism... We will go find more shells on the beach to trade with. If you came up with a new banana masher, I'm trying to friggin' make it as simple as possible to understand. Lose-lose mentalities are toxic. That's something a social justice warrior got right. Toxicity is um bad. But what I'm thinking right now is they fucking fucked that up too. Because male toxicity is the most positive thing that drives society forward. <laughs> the desire to d- advance to the next level. Let's get rid of that. You got all these paradigms. A lose loses. what happens when two people have a win-lose mentality. You know, if both of us go into a deal trying to fuck each other over, neither of us are going to get what we want. Don't just walk away from the deal at that point. It's not worth your time a better deal will come along if you are looking let's end this one, it's a freaking tongue twister chapter, win 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 lose 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 Steven says he gears his management seminars towards win win's dealings with a competitive abundance attitude to avoid that toxic workplace environment you gotta have a feast mentality not a famine, you verse Betty, let's go to Habit 6 Synergy This one's about mixing it up, working together. Mix. You know that meme? I'm pretty good at the voice. The exercise of all other habits can lead you to synergy. The true test of manifestation. Synergy is simply defined the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So if you treat everything, your business, your body like this, it's going to work as a better entity Best relationships are interpersonal. They are synergistic, both contributing. first part of this chapter was about the creative process being the most terrifying part for people. But classic motivation, just get the ball rolling. Starting is the hardest part, and then it's just stick-to-itiveness from there. Think about this. He's talking about imagination. You're in the friggin'... How could you misconstrue this much non-fiction your host here i'm gonna knock a grand slam out of the divergent thinking test look into this you remember as a kindergartner they made you take that test where you would draw a tree everybody got an a <laughs> the point of it was how many different trees pop up like you ask a group of adults to draw a tree every single drawing looks the same the true version of the divergent thinking test is a bunch of problems to solve and they don't (laughs) check your process like a math teacher you didn't use the method and then they jump out the window your method doesn't matter as long as you get to the end point when they test kids even in fifth grade of the schooling system they're failing the divergent thinking test we are breeding the ability to think outside of the box Outside of our people. Henry Ford saying we don't need thinkers. We need workers. The school, what you think is there to educate you, is not teaching you how to be synergistic. More with the deep skeptical thought. Things like sugar, things like mainstream media that just are stealing a focused attention stream. All of that is detracting from synergy. This is getting spiritual. It's getting heavy hippie you gotta try to find some balance outside of the chaos synergy is a real tough word to be scientific around (laughs) he had a philosophy student where three weeks in shared a personal story in a lecture and he said it left a resonance in the room people were mesmerized by the person's spirit like that fucking I put my heart into that math teacher impersonation it could steal a room when you put everything you got into this one moment that synergy when you can (laughs) like how come there are streamers that get big just by letting out visceral yells if you're able to (laughs) get on that whole i've had orgasms that shut out the lights that's right i'm ascending to another plane if you read studies or books about people that get into astral projection (laughs) i didn't think we were going there this chapter there's a certain frequency your body hits when it gets into this meditative state. Even for our Fauci fanatics, before you go to sleep, you hit that Schumann residency as well. So this is not some out there thing. You hit it when you come as well. The vibrations are a real ass thing. You got to be able to learn how to synergize. Um getting all the toxins out of your system, people-wise and... Micro-plastic-wise, <laughs> I've been trying to eat fish again lately too, trying to do a little self-help here. I taste the plastics, <laughs> and it's not even from like the farms, you know. What am I going to sit here and talk about? Garbage Island? The synergy test at the end of the chapter is simply done with a questionnaire. And if you want to know if you're synergistic with your workers or your spouse, you just take the same test and see if you come out to the same answers. And since we've all had our divergence spread out of us, <laughs> you know, where you would fail it with your spouse. I got to go back and watch that movie Divergence now, right? What the hell is that about? There are the candor people, the people that just can't help but to tell the truth. There's Tyrese Woodley, who's really hot. got to remember, people see the world not as it is, but as the way they're able to synchronize with it. Unless you are able to drop into someone else's headspace or you have all those learned experiences, um, you're not to be able to synergize with your people. As a manager, you got to rise up through the ranks and know how to work every single spot in your company. Let me... I'm ranting one more time on you guys. People criticize me as an entertainer. Oh, well, you need to be more relatable. Relatable shit is so fucking boring, man. Relatable shit is why you fall asleep in the office. People are looking for uniqueness. How is it that there's 8 billion YouTube channels and people out here, but everybody's the goddamn same? This is the FBI. We've got a divergent one. We're going to take the shot. Let's go to habit seven. The last one. <laughs> Renewal. You have to have time to sharpen the saw. You would think in this... Uh, do-it-all mentality that we are in that taking time off is just not the hustler mentality it's counterintuitive you have to relax to even want to come back renewal is physical social spiritual and mental you can feel burned out even if one of these four aspects are out of touch you haven't worked out in a week. You get really gross feeling. You haven't talked to your family in a long time. Socially, you haven't spiritual, prayed, or fucking been in nature and grounded yourself, hippie, in a long time. Mental. <laughs> Good thing that opium is subsidized. But not people to talk to. I wonder what kind of self-help a therapist gives. Again, I'm just unrelatable exercising is the one I could talk to the most. It doesn't wear you out. Oh, I'm just tired. After you exercise, you have... feels like your full body just came. When you have a pump, that's what an erection is. Ladies, if you want to know what that's like, get a thrashing bicep workout in. <laughs> Endorphins can be released through any of these. Physical, social, spiritual, mental... I'm just saying that the physical one is the easiest way to make these ideas solidify in your mind. Climb a mountain. Endurance is the best thing you could teach yourself. Get your kid in the gym. And don't stunt his growth at 14. I don't even know if that's real. Because I've fucking grown four more inches. There's no way to learn that there are no shortcuts than going through the physical slog. The people at the gym <laughs> that you talked to with the sauna and all this, it's um not the textbook meathead. And those people surely do exist as well. And you could tell they get to the... <laughs> Did you know that bodybuilders die at the same rate as obese people via heart disease? You should not be putting that much pressure on the frame of your big bones. <laughs> You're not even able to get as big as those mongoloids unless you are taking. Some sort of 7 Eleven supplement. I'm talking about physical pain. That's a teacher right there. That's better than any tenured professor you've ever had. Pain. Read some Dostoevsky. Suffer. Balanced renewal looks different for other people. For most people, it is lounging on the beach. The repetitive kr- 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 of the waves. That's some prime inspiration. Even Hunter S. Thompson said he got more out of being with the Hells Angels than he did bumming out on the Big Sur. Discomfort is where you are going to find the growth here in life. Renewal for some people also looks like joining that Kawasaki bike gang where you run from the cops. You gotta feed the soul. Again with that famous quote, you cannot play the animal in you without fully becoming the animal in you. You gotta push yourself to your breaking point so you know where it is. Fail. Reach your lethargic limit. Know how dumb you feel when you overexerted yourself mentally. You want to make yourself as physically uncomfortable as possible so that when you are on the line for the DMV or trying to quit cigarettes, you can get through that. I swear to God I'm going to get that tattoo. Asian lettering only. He who makes a beast of himself rids of the pain of being man kobe says the most effective people remain calm under pressure because they know their mental spiritual physical and social limits you're never going to find those out unless you push yourself following all these habits will have you in an upward spiral of learn commit do that is the seven habits of highly effective people thank you ladies and gentlemen i hope you learned something new Draw that circle of influence, turn it into a dartboard. Could be a pretty good exercise and whatever it lands on. That's what you choose to ignore for the day. <laughs> next time on the show, next week. We're getting digital. This was a book from the 80s. Okay boomer. We have Adam Levins Swiped. Swipe! Swiped! Not about Tinder. This is a book about grinder and gay hookups swiped is about identity theft and the first chapter is really cool it's about the history of identity theft you have people impersonating shakespeare the prestige magicians using doubles tax refund frauds maybe i teach you how to save a couple dollars you're definitely going to learn how to protect your own assets we're changing up the pace and as i said before get on the patreon because this is literally up saving you two dollars We're upping the charge to three bucks a month because the first year of Nick's nonfiction is going into the backlog. Got to keep things up to date. Most things are relics. It's (laughs) things that should have never been said. Been said there. I'm getting texts from Mr. FBI, man. Son, we understand what you said. We just don't know why you had to say it. (laughs) It's for the laughs here and for the growth Going into next week, swiped with a stoic mentality. Hit up the Patreon. Get part of the movement. Follow Harry Shit on Instagram. Search up the niche on YouTube. I will pop up. We're going to be here with a new episode next week. My name's Nick Muniz. Later.